If you don't play it like I do, then you're playing it wrong. Welcome to Playing It Wrong. Podcasts about RPGs, fun, food, more RPGs. Grab your dice, sit back, and get ready to play it wrong. Yeah, I don't really mean that, but then again, how many times have you actually seen that on the internet? Read that? So, lighten up, people. Just sit back and have some fun. Well, when here we are on episode four, season four, double fours of Playing It Wrong, the podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to cross my mind about RPGs. And hopefully it's going to be a fun-filled episode. So what do we got up first here? It's time for the news. The new D&D setting is Critical Role. Who cares? I mean, really. I've voiced my, and many people have voiced the same opinion of Critical Role is not a really good introduction to the way D&D is actually played, but hey, it's good advertising. And like good advertising, it has very little basis in reality. So, where's the beef? Well, whatever. And, well, I'm probably not buying it because I got no inkling to. And, like I said, who cares? So, yeah, this has been your public service announcement, and uh, let's move on to some actual fun gaming stuff, Okay. And I guess speaking of 5th edition, let's start there, because if you saw me on MeWe, I made a little comment about, hey, 5th edition game this week, uh, or this last week on Thursday. So maybe my character won't die, because I've had two die already. Yes, we're playing Out of the Abyss, and uh, yeah, you can die in 5th edition. It's those damn death saves, got me both times. But yeah, so, ready, new character. And one player didn't show up, but he did say one of the other players was showing up with an extra person. Cool. The player who was supposed to show up with an extra person did not show up with an extra person and did not show up at all. That left us with no people. A common, common, common theme in, well, games of the having people not show up. Which got me thinking, and it's kind of the, the meat of this podcast, of... Minimalist stuff, because I was kind of thinking, like, you know, I need to throw in, like, a minimalist little game into my bag that doesn't take much room, and very little prep. And I know, and I like very little prep. I know you may say crazy things like, hey, dude, you're you're doing the blight, and that's like 800 pages plus. So what do you mean little prep? Well, the way I'm running it, I'm just looking for adventure hooks and running with it, okay? But actually, it was a podcast on the Ramblecast, the Dicene uh, Ramblecast by Steve Cook that also got me thinking about minimalist games and minimalist prep. So, like I was saying, and here I am totally rambling, that you know I need to throw this something in my in my bag that's you know, minimal prep, minimal game, minimal space taken up in the bag. Now, I thought maybe, because sometimes I've had uh, Dungeon Mayhem, which is by Wizards of the Coast, which is kind of a fun little game. You get to kill your friends as sort of D&D characters. So, and I also recommend uh, Steve Cook's Dice Scene Ramblecast because he rambles on like I do. Doesn't post as much as I do, I should say record, but hey, what lacks in in quantity makes up for in quality. It's good listening, it's fun listening, so listen to the Dice Scene Ramblecast. Anyway, what I was saying, I'm looking at my bookshelf going, well, what could I throw into my backpack there? Well, I do have Swords of Wizardry Light, and Source and Wizardry Continual Light. <clears throat> the funny story about Continual Light is 
I got my hard copy the same day Eric Tenkar decided to announce that he was going to do a second edition, which he still hasn't done, with better layout, just hadn't got around to it. I've also got Swords and Wizardry White Box and the White Box Fantastic Medieval Adventure Game. And what's that other one by James Bond? Oh, what is it? It is Untold Adventures Minimalist Fantasy Role-Playing. I got those three sitting there, so I was like, hmm. But then I started looking. I was like, okay, I got this neat little light index card thing. It's like, it's bigger than index cards, but I was like, it'd be cool if I could fit the rule book in there. And all those books are actually too big to fit in that little thing. And that got me thinking. So, and it's one of the things common to everyone in the OSR. If you can't find a game you like, make one. So I've been bouncing around in my head ideas of doing a super light, minimalist, sort of inspired by Swords and Wizardry Light, but a little more breaking some of the rules, so to speak. Who knows? I may do that, I may not do that, or I just may stick one of those things in my bag and run with it. I don't know what I'm doing. Just like this podcast, I have no idea what I'm doing. But to that point, you know, the a minimalist game with a low prep is a really good idea. I'm also looking at uh, Darkest of Deaths by Bloat Games. Is that what it is? It's, it's the one you just did a Kickstarter on. Blackest Death, something like that. I don't know. I got the Ashcan version, I think, somewhere on my hard drive. That one looked pretty cool, too. But I'm, I'm looking for something like that. I may just, like I said, I may just throw some ideas t- together to make it something that is incredibly small and tiny, but kind of robust. Um, it's just a weird idea in my head. Because sometimes, well, you ain't got enough people to play the game you want to play, that you're scheduled to play, or you don't feel like playing the game that you're going to actually play or something, just something doesn't come together. So it'd be cool to have something right there, ready, on the side, ready to go. Who knows? I'd kind of like a base it so that if you're used to the D20, D&D style games, it's just a natural fit. You don't really have to think that much about rules. So it'd be more of a rules light rules hack. And yes, I know black hack, I know white hack, I know those. But that's not quite it. It's something I'm even even lighter than than old schools essential. That's why I'm leaning more towards, you know, something along the lines of even paring down swords and wizardry light. Maybe not par- I mean, I mean, you know, Well, you know what I mean. I'm sorry. This is a ramble cast because well, I had nothing really planned. Well, yeah, I did. This was what I had planned, but it's not taking that long. So this may be a very short episode, because I guess I'm just going to go on to the, uh, well, you know the part. Tomes of ancient forbidden knowledge. So first I'd like to say that, yeah, I know, the last uh, episode had a crappy Tomes of ancient forbidden knowledge. I know that. So, you know, Greyhawk was kind of boring at that part. But this next part is really good. And for those of you new to the cast, there I'm sure hopefully there's a few of you this is where I read through original books of D&D and just make spontaneous, random comments. So, let's get on with it. And today, we will be finishing up Supplement 1, Greyhawk. Man, I can't believe we've gotten through all the books, and today we're getting through Greyhawk. So, let us see where we are. We are at nearly the end, and this is probably one of the best parts of the book. Because this is the Underworld and Wilderness Adventures. Tricks and Traps Adventures. This is wild crap that, you know, that really wasn't in the rules before and was just inspirational stuff for uh, game masters. I should say dungeon masters. 
So this one, we got giant bubbles which float about in the corridors and rooms of the dungeons. The slightest touch will explode them, causing 1 to 10 dice of damage, depending on the level they are on. These bubbles might contain a gem, 1 in 6 chance. Ooh, weird bubbles. Statues, which have 1 to 4, 1 to 6, or 1 to 8 different actions they perform when approached within 20 feet. Options are do nothing, point in a random direction, point towards the nearest treasure, recite meaningless poem, give a rhyming clue to a treasure, emit a loud screaming noise, pursue an attack, offer a real or a false map, etc. Statues doing stuff. Once again, more than just attack. Well, even though that's an option. A box of small animal crackers, which will spring to life when grasped. For example, a bear might dump a bowl of porridge on the player's head. A giant fox might demand a bunch of grapes, or else he'll attack. A lion might attack unless a thorn in his paw is removed, and so on. At least one of the animals will give some treasure or aid of some sort. Yeah, interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. Rooms which emit rays or gases which cause unexpected reactions or force players entering it to do things they do not necessarily desire to do. Hmm. Which, you know, room of greed, room of change gender, cursed room, you know, that sort of stuff. Once again, interesting. Devices which have a number of levers, buttons, dials, or whatever, and the moment each will cause different things to happen. Yes, all right. Play with the buttons until you die. It's a very standard one. And I have a 50-pound dog deciding that I need to be on your lap right now. Yes, yes, hello, good girl. Hello, little girl. Hello, little girl. Hello. And the dog just burped. Do not do not eat my pen. No, no. This is why these are improv and also totally unscripted because my live studio audience of puppies is just so much fun. And now she's tearing the headphone and everything else off of my head. Hang on. Yeah, I bet you didn't sign up for that when you started listening to this podcast. Having the coast, like, struggle with his dog. Where were we? <laughs> Excuse me. In case you know, I'm also in Texas and it's awful allergy season. First it's cedar, then it's mold, then it's cedar, then it's mold, then it's cedar. Enjoy the weather. All right, but, you know, hey, it's January and I need to mow the grass. All right, yeah, levers and knobs and buttons. Stuff to play with till you die. Um doors which open only for a certain class or alignment doors which open only for monsters that's a tricky bastard one doors which will only you yeah doors with basically wooden way doors okay i could say that and intelligent doors which are usually jerks um a lengthy corridor 20 feet wide which at the end of which is a 20-foot square room which upon being entered slides backwards you get the drill you're on a treadmill a passage which slants down one level to a set of stairs, which leads to a door to an elevator room, which goes down one or two levels. Ah, yes, throw them into a even deeper level of the dungeon. Remember, at this time, deeper levels meant you're going to die sooner. Vegetation that, well, moves, flails, and generally, like, does stuff. Animated furniture! Apparently there was one in the original, um, called the living room, actually. I should say that a little better, I suppose, but like I said, I still have a 50-pound dog trying to think she's a lap puppy. Furniture which is animated to trip, confine, or smother, or move about and hug and kick. Or, you know, the characters. Ours is known as the living room. Room complex... Ah, sorry about that. This is the fun part of listening to this ep these podcasts, isn't it? When I screw up and, like, get all tongue-tied. Just go ahead and say it. I know. 
room complexes, which are all part of a monster. You enter the mouth, you exit, you know where it is. Lice. Yeah, you get it. Uh, teleporting pit. Slides, which lead you into monster. A bas-relief face, which looked upon and bestowed some worthwhile knowledge. Um, wishing well. Yeah. Treasures that are part of the monster. Chests with false bottoms. Statues with a small piece of missing. If the missing portion is found and replaced, the statue turns back into its original form and serves the person. Um, magical items are made and constructed. Yay, ran by next to unbeatable creatures. <coughs> A gambling hall where there's great stuff to be won, but the stakes are high. Items such as rings, apparel, weapons, etc., which cause bickering and discord, thus bringing more monsters to the sound of the arguing. Or items which cause the wearer to shrink. Items which cause warning devices to fail and alertness to wane. Treasures protected by force fields. I got again that treasure. Monstrous tick. <laughs> Monstrous tricks and combination monsters. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this damn book if it kills me. If I have to, if I end up like biting my own tongue off in the middle of it. Animals which appear harmless but are deadly. Look at the teeth! Um, oxen which are crossbred with gorgons. Small lizards that are able to breathe fire. A giant with faces or multiple heads that can never be surprised. They did that. Giants known as rock giants, which look like rocks. Um, Fire-resistant mummies. Yeah, that would be a fun one. Um, skeletons that can throw their fingers as if they were magic arrows. Monsters which are in endless supply due to a magical point of origin. Greyhawk had a fountain on its second level which issued endless numbers of snakes. It's a spawning point. Containers which are filled with gas or liquid which turns into a monster. Similar types of monsters who dwell or act together such as a Medusa riding a Gorgon. It's if you really want to F up your players. Or one who has a pet basculus or pet cockatrice. Somebody's getting stoned in that encounter and not in the fun way. A Balrog riding a red dragon. That's just saying to your players, I hate you. <laughs> a Balrog with salamanders. Okay. A Balrog with a Hydra. You're really, you're really, you're really shooting on killing all your players. A frost giant riding a white dragon. You don't hate him as much. <laughs> Dissimilar monsters who still act in combinations, such as a troll riding a purple worm. Think about that. <laughs> Nothing gets gets crazy. A lord with magical arms and armor riding a wyvern. Okay, so that's one of the fighter titles. So, yeah, but I still like the troll with a purple worm. An ogre mage mounted on a manticore, which, why would it do it? Because it can fly on its own. An evil high priest riding a chimera. Elves mounted on a lamasu. Lamasu. Yeah. Thieves with bugbear guards. Now, this one is classic. I don't know how they came up with this combination, but it's enough to make even players go, what the hell? A cloud giant mounted on a Tyrannosaurus Rex. That is, I just want my player's attention. Wizard with a pack of hellhounds. Okay, that's not that bad. Mars, mounted upon Talos' shoulders. Okay, that's really, you want to kill your players. Um, of, simil of a similar nature are monsters which appear to be 
something other than they actually are. An ogre jelly monster, which appears to be a mere ogre, but a snake, which is actually a gray ooze, a giant spider-like black pudding, a symbiotic dragon, which spits ochre jelly, black pudding, etc., a seeming golden bra dragon, which is actually yellow mold. The possible healers are numerous and very deadly, and these combinations should only be used sparingly or very deep in the dungeons. Or when you say, like, I'm really tired of running this game, so I'm killing everybody. And next up, we've got more uh, updated Wandering Monster Chables, which is two pages. And we have... I love this. These, these old things. These pre-internet things that were game books. More Dungeons & Dragons material appears in each issue of... I'm sorry, I cannot read today either. More Dungeons & Dragons material appears in each issue of the information magazine, The Strategic Review. Not the dragon, the strategic review. Contain, no, issue one contains solo dungeon adventures, creature feature, the mind flare. Number two contains rangers, a new D&D class, the roper. Questions most frequently asked about D&D. Three is monster, the monster monster issue, over a dozen new monsters. Four contains iron stones, illusionists, clay golem. If you are a sword and sorcery game enthusiast, the strategic review is a must for you to subscribe. Simply send $3 for six issues. That's right, $3 for six issues. So way back, several decades ago, you could send it to the strategic review in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. I'm not giving you the address because I'm sure some dumbass on the internet is going to try to eat, try to actually snail mail them. And then we have a page of errata. Let's see if there's anything interesting here. Let's uh, see, all dwarves add a plus one hit probability from strike from the armor class from giants. Plus one when using elves get plus one when using swords and bow. And hobbits, there are still hobbits in this, get a plus three to use a sling. Hobbits are lawful and neutral. Magic armor effects, extension three, da 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 da. Uh, some about beholders, monoculus. Golems, Rod of Resurrection. This should read a rod which allows its user to resurrect just as if he were a 15th level patriarch. It is usable once per day. It contains 20 charges and cannot be recharged. And then we have other fantasy releases by TSR. We have the Monster Manual, the Dungeon Dragons Basic Set, the Dungeon Dragons Collector's Edition, Dungeon Dragons Character Record Sheet Pad, Greyhawk, Blackmore, Elders of the Gold. I'm sorry, I'm sad to freaking do this shit. I am so wacky today. But we have Greyhawk, Blackmore, Eldritch Wizardry, which we'll starting Blackmore next week. Gods, Demigods, and Heroes, Swords and Spells, and Miniature Rules for Fantasy Games for Use with Dungeons and Dragons, Chainmail, Dungeon Geomorphs. I still got some of those somewhere. Outdoor Geomorphs, Monster and Treasure Assortment. I've got one of those around here too somewhere. Dungeon. I've got that around here. Warlocks and Warriors, the exciting game of adventure and pursuit for two to six players of all ages. Empire of the Petal Thrones. Some of you know that one. War of Wizards, game of fantastic duels between mighty magic users. Lightmore, a game of swords and sorcery warf warfare in the fantastic world of Nuan. Star Probe, that sounds dangerous. Star Empires, Metamorphosis Southless, multi-sided dice, percentile dice. On all ma mail orders, add $1 for postage and handling regardless of the order size. So, uh, and then we finally have The Dragon. Wow, it was $2 for a single issue, $24 a year for a 13-issue subscription. 
Wow. And then we have the end of Greyhawk. So that was it, folks. That was Supplement 1 Greyhawk. It ended on a high note. It would have been a lot funnier if I did not get tongue-tied every three seconds. But I'm having a puppy who's, like, demanding attention, so that's quite distracting. So with that, I have, like, strung this episode out long enough. I've embarrassed myself enough. I would like to thank you for listening. And if you liked this episode and I got you to laugh and giggle a little bit, please consider visiting the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash they might be gazebos. Like us on Facebook, follow the blog, they might be gazebos.blog. And as I always say, roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff, have fun, and thanks for listening.